This is Thomas DePolo. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. I need help. Um, I desperately need a drop-in non-player character uh, to help my agents deal with a creature they've captured, but I have no idea where to find one. I need help. Well, Kevin, you happen to be in luck today because we have a document full of them now, all lovingly handcrafted by the citizens of the United Theophis subreddit. Some are even good. (laughs) So we recently wrapped up the third summer contest in that of the opera. And usually the summer contest is a more themed contest. We've done set pieces. We did, uh, what the hell did we do last time? Last groups. summer? Groups. groups. Yep. There were going to be groups. Um, we did memory building exercises. I skipped that one. Um, it's okay. You're getting this, old, man. Yeah, exactly. And this year we did uh, non-player characters. But just an overview of it, we split. NPCs can be submitted in four different categories. Um, and actually, honestly, I think, Tom, I think this is your idea, but reliable allies and, and unreliable allies, and then violent enemies and nonviolent enemies. And then in those categories, there is the overall theme of collaborator. Uh, and anybody who is a collaborator, you know, think Quizzling um, in World War II, uh, got extra points. We had a pretty decent turnout, and I think we're just going to chat about... Well, so we have a top in each category. We'll talk about those, and then we can branch out into some of our favorites. Does that work? Yeah, sounds good to me. Sure. You mentioned Tom was the one that came up with the distinctions here? I think so, didn't you? At least the reliable, unreliable, I thought. In most of these contests, usually whatever framework I suggest for them, more or less unedited, ends up to be the thing we go with, whether it's the Oh, the puppet master. Oh, he's pulling our strings. It's all that I'm the one who gives the most substantive feedback, and so use that as a base, and then Fair. one that challenges my assumptions. Yeah, we do tend to crowdsource these, which uh, is always works out in the, for the better at the end, but it's always briefly, very, briefly very frustrating, but uh, it gets a good product in the end, so I'm always pretty happy with it. Um, so the overall... Well, anyways, I, I think it was, a good, it was a good idea to split them up into... Uh, both enemies and allies, and also reliable and unreliable. Yeah, we had a theme. Um, I might have been last. Might have been the last scenario contest, which was an actually helpful NPC because it seems like every time you meet an NPC in Delta Green scenario, and this is a broad generalization, like there's always an asterisk next to them. They're never what they say on the tin. They're always some quirky, interesting double crosser, or they're secretly a zero sand character, or they're a deep one, or whatever. So in the scenario contest we ran early, late last year, early this year, we were like, what if you have an actually NPC that's actually helpful? And that made me think, well, that kind of led into this because a lot of people picked that as a theme for their scenarios. Man, it's nice to have actual NPCs that are useful and helpful. It's pretty good. I will say my primary, like the way I primarily look at an NPC is it's got to be usable. Um, we'll talk about some that like are really cool uh, evocative NPCs, but like I can't, and I'm never going to drop this dude or this thing into a scenario where someone I was memeing in the beginning, but the winner of the scenario is a NPC named Chantel Barrow, who's a xenobiologist who basically specializes in if you like have an 
unnatural creature or something and you can get it captured, she helps subdue it and transport it for the program. Um, so like that at the end of a scenario, if your agents haven't killed the thing at the end of, you know, last things last, they capture Marlene and you're like, that's awesome. Now, well, what do I, what do I do? You got like Shan, you got the thing, the traveler from other chosen shadow plays. There's a lot yeah, exactly. of like Xeno bio, like others, like, and then now that you've inserted this NPC, you could do something to play with next time. This one in particular is an unreliable, uh, NPC and her kind of trick is that yeah she's good at capturing and subduing creatures but she also has like a kind of a nature safari and menagerie where she has made a lot of really good friends with some of these creatures for better or for worse so there's definitely a double-edged sword there you can like have her come into your scenario a couple times and then she could become the scenario a lot of different ways to go with it based on how your characters go so a really cool I thought a really cool uh, NPC what do you guys think that was this is the overall winner, like the most highest rated one, right? Yeah, a uh, highest rated and highest rated unreliable ally. Yep. I I liked this one. I, I viewed her sort of like um, there's an analog to Jensen Wu in the old Countdown Splat book, who is a person where you can bring like tomes and artifacts and stuff like that to, and this is someone you can bring like living biological specimens to, right? It just seemed like a natural extension, just, you know, another another NPC that's related to some of the unique stuff you get in Delta Green. She also seemed really neat because she's the kind of character, you know, if you're playing, a, if you're running a longer series, a longer campaign, your characters might just, like, call her. Like, you may have a question about something, you may call the handler, and a, a neat way is a handler to play that off without just saying, you know, they tell you to shut up and get the job done. Okay, let's put you in contact with this friendly who might be able to tell you what you're dealing with and give you some tips. You know, so you, you can kind of work around that way. And uh, so the winner, Agent Obtuse, is the guy who wrote this. Long-time Night of the Opera uh, contest winner. Well, they won last um, summer's contest as well. Yeah. Um, he, he included some inventions. Uh, so, like, you know, maybe you can run into one of her inventions. And that can get bring her into the fold. A lot of really usable, like, my primary thing is usability. Everything else comes second. And this is a really cool, usable character. You know, uh, you know who she really reminded me of, though? Carol fucking Baskin. Carol fucking Baskin, that bitch. Because it's the whole yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's in there. She's she owns a zoo. She got it from like a dead ex husband or something like that. Somebody mentions in one of the judges who again to go back to the meta of the contest. People who entered NPCs judge other people, and they were able to leave some feedback. One of the feedbacks I really liked is that this hits on a, a meta plot aspect which doesn't come up as often as it should, which is that the program can give you all the resources you want, but you can't just destroy everything. So it's like, you know, yeah, if you just want to go in and kill all the ghouls, fine. But if you want help and you want resources and you can't kill them all, you got to capture them. It might be harder, but here's some tools to make it easier. And that's a neat thing that I feel like can kind of put a scenario, can add a nice bit of tension to a scenario, is you can't kill everything. That was me. That was the commentary. Okay. The flip side of that, though, that I also left is that I don't I like this one. I think it's really cool. I think it's a great way to kind of help incorporate monsters or even custom monsters uh, into a scenario. But I feel like it in terms in the long term, I feel like the arc wasn't super well outlined in the initial draft. I thought it was either missing a second act or a third act because the unreliability is that specifically she has a menagerie of like mythos monsters hidden away that delta green doesn't know about she's making friends with 
And if they ever find out about it, they're going to want access to that for what's suggested to be unseemly designs. And I just felt like there needed to be a little more meat on how the players might discover that or how the players, what the players can do about that once Delta Green makes a move on this. Yeah, maybe that should be less of a binary switch and more of a more of a natural progression. Yeah. yeah. Although I think I haven't gotten a chance to reread it, but I think Obtuse has said that he added something in response to that criticism. Cool. Yeah, that was part of my uh, feedback as well. It, it was lacking either a sanity loss arc or like a reactivity to agents actions arc. And so like to me, this one has potential. I guess all allies have a potential to become enemies, but this one, especially because she cares for her creatures a lot. No, it's, it's clear you can see what direction this would go in. It just doesn't really give kind of structure and impetus for that to happen. Right. Yep. Uh, is there anything else we want to say? We're going to move on to another one. I'm good to move on. Uh, the next category that we have is Top Reliable Ally, and that one is uh, by Melonbread, who couldn't be here with us recording tonight. Uh, looks like Lily Dosick. Dosick? I'm not sure. Oh, Lily Dosick, the social worker. Social worker. Um, also rates very high high on the usability scale. Um, again, I look at this as something where you know players need information or they ask a question you weren't prepared for, but you want to give them a clue. This is this character is a great way to have that clue come through the you know, the homeless circles in the area the agents are working. Or if you just if you're tired of having the agents given a briefing where it says you know signals intelligence picked up this bad thing happening, go stop it for the tenth time. Maybe it could have come through again this kind of homeless grapevine. Um, which is which this character has kind of tapped into. Um, I like at first read. I I thought this character would, would be an unreliable ally, but the fact that she is not, I think, is actually really nice. Um, because she just is a helpful clue giver who kind of doesn't necessarily hate Delta Green because they're aggressive, you know, uh, aggressive bullies, but like doesn't definitely is antagonistic against them. So you think she'd be at odds, but she's kind of not with the agents. This one's got the uh, the collaborator tag on it, which gave it a couple extra points in the voting process, yep. right? And I think Max's uh, his explanation for that was that if you work with the cops, you're a collaborator. Yeah, valid. Especially in the world of so hom homeless social work, it's there's a lot of trust building there, and if it's very easy to break that, and all of a sudden you're not someone who can be trusted. So that uh, I can definitely see that there, you know. Max did a pretty good job. You know, this is a nice short, it's, it's one page. You know, I envision like ha having these at your disposal. If you need one quickly, having a single page to just pull off out of your folder or, you know, pull up out of a, you know, I was going to say folder like a physical folder and then folder like a computer folder, but the same word. So why would I make an explanation? Anyway, just to pull out and really quickly, quickly refresh your memory and then have her jump right into your scenario. So that's cool. And she's got a little bit of a rough edge around her, so she can fit different places, and you can kind of make her you can make her something that the agents can can work with or latch onto. I I like that she's very firmly against the use of violence. Uh, and if if agents lie to her and say that they're going to save lives, and then they turn around and kill people, she just completely shuts them out. And like yeah. that's that's the end of the arc. If you you know fool her one time and you're you're done, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's fun that she's reliable, but she's not trusting because it's pretty clear to upfront what her relationship with law enforcement is. So she's helping you to help other people. 
and you kind of have to navigate around her own principles. Yeah, part, part of me wonders if this is like Max's, like um, sort of like a meta commentary about how he's tired of everyone solving scenarios with violence. So yeah, I was going to say this is Max's self-insert character. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I like about it is you can easily the fact that she is kind of you know fool me once and you're done and kind of um, needs to have the trust her and makes her a good long form character. You know. Agents can bring her in for one thing, and she can say, "I'll give you, I'll, I'll help you out." Then the next time it, there's a big scenario that has to happen, she can bring the clue to them. And you know, it's like, "Hey, there's this thing tearing up the humblest community in my area." There's a lot of scenarios that could 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 have that as the hook, or already do. And she can basically say, "You got to fix it. You got to keep people safe, and you know, we'll, we'll get it done." Um, and then you could build that trust over multiple scenarios. And you know, having you know, in, especially in a big city where there is a large homeless population, there's a lot of grapevine gossip and knowledge, like intelligence gathering that goes on because nobody looks twice at that population and they know everything. I've seen this like firsthand. There is an officer that works downtown here and he you can bring him a picture of like a homeless person. And if he doesn't outright recognize them, he knows who to talk to to find out who it is. And, like, homeless people will snitch on other homeless people. They do it all the time. Well, they're just – the people will snitch, and they're just people, right? Right. right. But they're out all the time, so they tend to be really they good see at seeing stuff. Yeah. yeah, they see so much. Yeah. And, and he, they're invisible. And he works them like informants. I mean, it's incredible the process that he goes through with this. And that's, like, a homeless person working with a police officer. You know, there's, like, an antagonistic relationship there. Imagine, like – what a homeless person says to someone that they actually like and trust. Yeah, exactly. Any thoughts on Lily Dosick? No, who's next? So up next is our top violent enemy written by our own Tom. Why don't you uh, tell us about it, Tom? Yeah, tell us about Ms. James here. Right. So Siobhan James is based on a throwaway line from the original Delta Green Splat about how Majestic 12 has essentially Manchurian candidates, like people they brainwash to go commit random killings. And I was reading a book at the time about, uh, a, the book is called Bad Monkeys, and it's about a woman who believes she is part of this super secret, super powerful conspiracy that just goes around killing people who are so evil that the world is essentially immediately better without them in it. And I kind of, as I was reading, I thought this would be really easy to mine for Delta Green ideas and Delta Greenify. And so I, essentially, that was how I contextualized the character from the book, is I made her one of these Manchurian candidates who has a glitch in her programming. You said bad monkeys was the thing from before, and it looks like you just used that as rotten apples in this. Yeah, it's a pretty thin, uh, if you're familiar with the book, it's a pretty thin uh, find replace. <laughs> but so the idea is that she is, she kind of fills in in gameplay terms. If you need kind of an assassin for a cult or conspiracy or whatever, she fills the role, but she's not like a, a super badass assassin with all kinds of military training she's kind of disposable she just goes up to the person that you need to kill shoots them in the back and then tries to run away yeah but at the same time if if if, if agents get into a fight with her and that they gun her down and then figure out who she was she'll look like like you just might feel bad killing this essentially random like you know non-involved good person so that could be an interesting thing if they don't realize why she's like that and just you know just get rid of her 
Yeah, well, she is kind of geared for stealth a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she's more, it seems to me, more likely that she will get away. She tries to avoid an open fire fight. She doesn't even have like a regular gun. It's one of those weird Majestic 12 pistols that fires tiny yep. microscopic shards of crystal, but it looks like a toy squirt gun. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And so part of her progression is that uh, you confront her, she gets away, and then you try to chase her down across the country. And you kind of realize just how, like, sad her life is. And then you start interrogating her to figure out who she's working for. Yeah, I also like the fact that um, she is, like, a... She's probably not going to be the big bad of your, you know, campaign. But she's a good kind of side bad or side issue. Especially, like, if you're playing, you know, running a longer campaign, your guys are getting too close or maybe they're going too fast. Just kind of chuck her into it. Bog the bog the players and agents down for a couple of games and then let them deal with this and move back to the main plot rather than having to be a big, you know, big, massive uber enemy. Yeah. I kind of see her as being, she enters the campaign because suddenly a bunch of people who've been helping you out start dying and she starts to kill people mm-hmm. closer and closer to you until you become the target. But by then there's enough lead time that you can sort of see it coming. I can totally see her in a scene like, um, you know, your Delta Green agents are meeting someone at a public restaurant for, you know, whatever information purposes or whatever they're about to help them, like break the case like wide open. And then like as you're leaving, you know, this girl just walks by on the street and then, you know, your your informant has a heart attack or I guess before you even get in, they start having a heart attack at the table after leaving the bathroom or something, you know. It's, it definitely it could fits be. in like that spy movie genre. Yeah, exactly. I was going for something more conspiratorial for this one. Like I was sort of visualizing it as she is part of a conspiracy. Can see that. Yeah. So solid, uh, solid entry. Congratulations. Thank you. And that was the winner in the uh, violent. Yeah. Enemy. So that was our that was our top violent enemy, and then our top uh, non-violent enemy again from Agent Obtuse. You can't keep getting away with this. Um, is Eric Aldis, who is a yeah, yeah, he does, yeah, who is a congressman at first first glance. He's uh, we we asked everybody to list their their character with some kind of a kind of a tagline. So he's a conspiracy theorizing congressman. Um, what do you guys think about Eric here? May I refresh my memory here? <laughs> I will just cut out the part where we all re skim the document to remember what we're talking about. Yep. Well, I have like a personal notes document that I've been like, um, I intend to publish and uh, somehow this one didn't even make it onto the personal notes. So I actually haven't even read this one yet. So I just left past me. This one was pretty early on. So he's a conspiracy theorizing congressman, which which what's dangerous for Delta Green is that if he stumbles upon anything Delta Green's involved in, he's going to believe it. You know, he believes in Bigfoot. He believes in... Area 51, Roswell, all these things. So if, if something comes to light that's actually done by your agents or something, he's going to go after it because he's a congressman. He's got power. He's wealthy. Um, he comes from a wealthy cheese dynasty in Wisconsin, which I like. The problem is you can't just like if, – if there's some crazy street preacher talking about Delta Green, you just black bag him and move on. You can't really – easily you know disappear a congressman especially if he's like the government has you know these black you know secret helicopters that will take me out and then a helicopter takes him out obviously that looks really bad so he's an enemy for your agents but more and does he have to navigate and like 
keep a lover of violin, keep him from finding the truth. Um, you can't just uh, firearms the solution. It looks like he's both an enemy to your agents and to Delta Green at large because he threatens to expose them because he has a blather mouth. You know, I wish that I had this about two years ago when I wrote a scenario involving a congressman who was being uh, psychically held hostage by deep ones because holy shit, this guy would have been great in that. We'll just rewrite <laughs> it and put him in. I think I will. In that one, there were deep ones being held at Guantanamo Bay, and then they escaped. And they wanted to get revenge on Delta Green, so they were reaching out to a conspiracy theorist congressman, very similar to uh, Eric Aldis. Oh, uh, obligatory uh, Aldis nuts. Well, my wife rolled her eyes. That was the proper response. Thank you. <laughs> Just because our two... Meme lords aren't here. Does not mean I, someone's got to pick up the slack. Okay, just to sink down to their level. Um, you know, we've talked about so this this NPC comes up if the agents like don't do their job right. We talked about how sometimes it's easy for agents to leave um, leave a crime scene maybe not totally cleaned up, but who cares? Like no one's going to believe you if if you've killed a threat, and if the local people think it was you know it was all Bigfoot, who cares? Right? That's not the fact. They can't prove anything. They can't get a warrant. You're good. But like enough of those things line up, and this guy starts putting the dots together, and you then you have to cover it up. So, so he may he may just be a good NPC if your if your agents are, are are the kinds who like to just set fire to everything. Well, just burn the building down, bring the building down. Well, then when all this starts researching all these arsons that you know are are conspiracy theories, you know conspiratorial, whatever, then all of a sudden your agents can't get away with that anymore, and they got to try something different. Um, and that might be enough just to get your agents to on on tilt to do something different and you know move the game forward. I think this sort of shows. I'm gonna go against what you were saying before about how usability is king for you, Kevin. Because I think this entry is really usable, but it just doesn't sing to me in any way. I just think it's a little bit boring, and I also think it's just a little too sticky to get Delta Green involved with any kind of elected politician, or else that sort of becomes what the game is about now. Like my feeling is that if a thing is usable, but it doesn't really grab me, it doesn't get me excited about running or playing the game, I'm just not going to use it anyway. Whereas if a thing is not fully usable, but it does get me really excited, I will find a way to use it. And so I just think this is a very well-crafted entry that doesn't do anything for me personally. I feel like Jake hit on the head. This, If this to speaks to you and like Jake was like, this is the perfect guy for this scenario i've written then that's great perfect and if it doesn't then move on to something else you know yeah i think the idea jake is talking about is really cool i would love to see a scenario with this guy in it i just don't know that he is someone i would draw on in a longer campaign yeah so kevin you mentioned you know having a suite of npcs that you can you know flip through and binders full of women yeah. binders binders full of uh conspiracy theorists but uh, there was some talk over on the subreddit about this, and it seemed like some of the some of the NPCs in this contest were very much like plug and play, but other ones felt like they needed like a scenario framework behind them. Yeah, so acute listeners may remember when we did our segment on creating a monster, uh, and Max kind of workshopped the Bronze Colossus, which she ended up finishing up tweaking and submitting to this contest, and that was like that. That's the ancient Greek cybernetics experiment, which is a, which is very hard to drop in a scenario. But if you need to use it or you want to use it, you can write something around it, and it's really neat. But it's not necessarily a you know 
plug and play cyborg. Um, Jake, you submitted something to this contest. Yes, very tell about very your, late. Tell us about your Afghanski. So I had a uh, scenario that I was running, and this guy had made an appearance, and it just dawned on me at the last moment that I could strip out like some of the scenario-specific stuff and kind of put him in. Uh, so he is a Afghanski, which is like a Russian army man uh, involved in the war in Afghanistan in the 80s. And I'm trying to scroll to the write-up for him. So he's a reliable ally, correct? Yeah, he's a reliable ally uh, because he realizes that your agent's mission and his mission likely align. So he'll help out with some of his special Dreamlands powers. Uh, he's got so you're a real Dreamlands enthusiast. You know that? Yeah, I mean, I like Dreamlands. What can I say? Sometimes it's better to be asleep. And he's got, you know, some like a suite of Dreamlands powers that he can use to help them. He can teach them what I view like the ultimate um, tradecraft ritual, which is speaking dream. Because like, how do you get a wiretap on uh, someone's dreams? And you're able to communicate covertly that way. Uh, the thing that makes him unreliable is that it's a fight on site if he ever runs into the people who double-crossed him and left him for dead. The... Tagbiski Radva? Uh, the the Tasty Burgers, yeah. I don't speak Russian. I just call them the Bratva, which uh, stands, means brotherhood in Russian, I think. Yeah. Tajbegskaya Bratva. Which are guys, you and Melon, I think, have both written a couple of things about. Yeah, this was, uh, it took a lot of inspiration from Max on this one because uh, he's got a lot of prison tattoos and stuff, which I think is something he elaborated on in uh, his write-ups of the the Bratva guys. But um, I think that I, when I wrote this, I uh, I didn't really have much of a progression in mind for him. He's pretty close to being useless from a sanity perspective, having only 28. So I put like what his next two disorders were likely to be. And then I just, at the end, I just threw a bunch of suggested uses or like things <laughs> that make him useful in there. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, again, this is a pretty usable character if you're, this sounds really stupid to say this this way, but like he's usable if he's usable. If you have a scenario that intersects with him, he works great as a potential ally. Um, and I doubt agents are ever going to be very trusting of him. So even if he is totally up on the up and up, he's going to create that tension in the group, uh, which is always fun. Uh, yeah, I, I put in there that he doesn't care if the agents want his help or not. He's going to help out anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know some agents who would be very tr trigger happy about that kind of uh, forced help. Yeah, he just like Kool Aid mans his way into the scenario, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> here's here's something that might be useful for you. Uh, they're gonna ambush you when you go to this place. All right, see you later." <laughs> uh, but I had a lot of fun writing him too. So, Kevin, um, you were the contest administrator. Um, which one would you give the administrator's gold star to? That is a good question. Barring, you know, one of the winners. <laughs> so if I have to pick someone else to talk about, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a couple. I do like, um, I like the, there's an FBI agent in there who sometimes you just need a badge uh, to be involved. Barbara... Roberts, although I think she's labeled as Barbara Reynolds in the email, so this that's a yeah, there's a couple of, like I, I put that in my feedback, but you know this is just Barbie, right? Yeah, like it's it's Barbie because life's fantastic when you're made of plastic. Yes, 
this was this was one of my favorite ones too. I'm glad you picked this one to talk about. What did you like about it? Um, I mean, just the overall theme and the meaniness of it is really good. Uh, she's a Shoga, a Shagath Lord, essentially, but reskinned as a Delta Green FBI agent. And so, you know, at any moment in time, she might just like Shagath smash somebody and then be like, oops, did I do that? It also could be a great um, foil for agents. Like if you're playing with very, very new agents, uh, like new to the world of Delta Green, to, to, to the system, so to speak, um, she could start out, as, you know, she could get, she could show a little more of her unhingedness as they go along and she could start out as kind of a helping badge type and then what we know when the agents you know least needed or least expected or, or most needed perhaps um uh, no she can hulk out i i think the reason that you picked this one probably is because um this is easily someone you can drop into any scenario very droppable yeah also the, i'm just thinking out but there could be interesting where you're sent after her so there could be anything where there's there's reports of this thing killing people you know this this Shagath Lord, right, in the area. And you're assigned to help this FBI agent track it down. And then you slowly realize that she's the one that's been killing things and it's all for the right reasons. That could be a fun little mini scenario. And then you have to make the decision, like, is working with her... Yeah. Is, <laughs> is she right? It, it's like Marlene, except she can actually fight back. Yeah. And maybe she's doing it for the right reasons, you know? Um, I'm looking at my comments here. Let's see. Yeah, the Reynolds versus Roberts thing. Um, I told I told British, the author of this one, that we could just blame Kevin for that error. No, we cannot because he his email is incorrect, and I'm not going to fix someone else's mistakes. Uh, I said, don't, don't you know how it's impolite to ask a woman how old she is? Because you know that's part <laughs> of the part of the scenario text is that she's pushing like 60s, yeah, and she looks like she's in her 20s. Again, it's just the overall theme is just really good. Barbie as a Delta Green agent. Um, any other ones folks want to talk about? Or I definitely encourage, if you're listening, check the whole list out in the show notes. There's some good stuff here. Let us know what you think. Who's your favorite? Um, did you have any that you liked in particular? I thought Alias was a really fun concept and pretty off the wall. It's like, it's this gender neutral person who... Uh, became an actor slash master of disguise slash private detective. And when they discovered that the unnatural was real, it kind of broke their brain because it meant that the laws of detective fiction had stopped working <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, detective fiction cannot rely on supernatural explanations. You need to give the reader all the possible materials oh in order God. to figure it out themselves. So their whole deal is that they are shadowing delta green agents on their missions and trying to i think subtly expose the unnatural or inoculate people to it so that the laws of detective fiction can sort of reform around this acknowledgement of supernatural agency yeah because it, it shatters um how often it's the when you've eliminated the impossible whatever remains however improbable must be the truth yeah it's it's great yeah, and I just love how off the wall it is. And like I just think this is really fun. I would use this as kind of like to relieve the tension that this is someone players could deal with without worrying about is the world gonna end? Oh, it's just this guy again. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you can't just run, you know, observer effect after observer effect after observer effect. You have to have some lighter scenarios. This might be Wait, somewhat can can't you run observer effect over and over again? Isn't the point about <laughs> I mean, you found it. I don't know. I haven't read the scenario yet, so 
I'm oh hoping someone will run it for yeah. me. You're going to be 85 years old. I haven't read Observer Effect. You know what? At my retirement home, which I carefully pick to be full of like role-playing gamers, someone will be like, they'll blow the dust off of the old uh, Night at the Opera scenario book, and they'll be like, does anyone want to play some Delta Green? And I'll be like, hell yeah. Finally. Uh, the one gripe I have for this uh, thing is that the sheet is really tiny font, but that's, you know, easily fixed. The sheet is formatted very bizarrely, and that's just, uh, don't do that. I don't know why you did it. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't like it. It is hard to read because the text is very it's small. Very, it's very small. You know what? No, it's, it's, you have to get into theme. You have to pull out your big ass Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass. <laughs> 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 to the screen there it is i i did consider making it bigger when i copied it over but it broke so many of the tables that i was like i don't want to make it worse but if this was written without tables i, I would have just executive decision to font bigger just in the name of accessibility and what was the other one you mentioned tom uh, dr alice belly yeah what's, so... what's their deal oh oh i like that one That's... so dr alice belly yeah dr alice belly is like a medical doctor slash biologist to some kind of premier researcher who <laughs> essentially you all the players know when they first meet her is that she had a breakdown at a conference and was screaming some like unnatural terms and through one event or another she starts working with you she starts like pooling some unnatural knowledge with you and her knowledge of science and biology but what's actually happening is that it turns out that she was raised in like this family of immortal aristocrats and necromancers. And she's the last surviving one after like burning down their ancient mansion or whatever. And so she's an unreliable ally, not because she is corrupted by being exposed to Delta green, but because she brings all this baggage with her, but you don't find out about it later. And Delta green has to deal with it. And I just thought, in addition to the whole gothic horror vibe it's really going for, I thought that was kind of a fun spin that you don't actually know who you've made friends with. Um, I, I think I can nail the hammer the nail on the head here about like why why you like this one. It's basically a Hellboy character. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like this is probably like it it, it feels like a curious case of Charles Dexter Ward from like the Lovecraft perspective, but also it just feels like someone that would have been in a, a BPRD comic. Uh, my comments on this one was that yeah, this is one of the ones that doesn't feel as like plug and play friendly. It almost feels like you need like a whole Euro trip campaign to follow it while you go check out like all of her <laughs> all of her family's yeah. haunted estates. That I agree with. I think this is definitely an NPC where you would need to really make the centerpiece of a campaign to bring it out. But I also think you could very much do that. I think there are a lot of cool hooks for stuff you could do with the NPC. Like like you said, do a Hellboy thing where now you're in Central Europe diving into these crumbling castles or you thought she was the last of her family, but then some kind of horrible monster sent by one of her relatives or which is one of her relatives comes looking for you. It's pretty good. I mean, just imagine, you know, you're somewhere in, in Russia trying to find Rasputin's dick and something ye liveliest awfulness comes out of the horrors from, for you. I think the last thing is that there was Dennis Detwiller on his Patreon released a long time ago uh, a document about a couple of different ways you could bring characters back from the dead in various horrible ways. 
And I think that is actually, as the campaign goes on, that is one thing this character can do. Like, as the NPC loses sand, it refuses to let you die. Oh my god, that's pretty good. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of fun stuff you could do. Like, you might make the mistake of ingratiating yourself with this NPC, and they will reward you for it in really uncomfortable ways. Uh, looking through, uh, we have time for one more. This is probably one of my other more favorite yeah. ones. Uh, it's another of two century that bastard, um, Leonard Westwood Pisces is man in America. Uh, essentially this guy is a liaison from England in America and he will tip agents off about things that he wants investigated, but you know, they can get around to it whenever they get around to it. He is there for them to go to for information because he's someone that's read a lot of mythos tomes and, uh, could be a, I think this is a reliable ally, right? Yeah, he's a re- reliable ally. This um, isn't. Go ahead. I was gonna say what's nice about this is if you if you're trying to do uh, your Euro trip adventure, you need a reason to go to Europe. So having this man as a way to kind of give some Pisces related Europe information to your agents and get them kind of primed a little bit might be really helpful. Oh, uh, he introduces the agents to Doctor Alice uh, Belly. Uh, so like. Uh, I don't know if anyone else did this for them, but when I could, I tried to cast the person as, uh, you know, like an actor or whatever. And in my mind's eye, this was like a fatter version of uh, Brendan Gleeson, who is a uh, member in Bruges. Yes. Yeah. Okay. God, that movie's so good. It's a great movie. It's funny because uh, he's fat and there's that part of the movie where they're picking on the people for being too fat. Uh, picking on the Americans for being too fat to make it up the stairs. Um there was a really subtle reference in this one I liked. It was the, um, you know, what color is the boat house at Hereford? Um, the weakest part of this to me was that there wasn't any suggestions for, like, his degradation or breakdown. Like, um, and I get it, he's supposed to be, like, a reliable ally. But, I mean, what happens? What turns? What changes? Uh, how does reacting to the agents, like, what does he do? Uh, how can this go out the rails even a little bit would be nice. he's, he's got all those mythos tomes and he's not even tempted to try and use magic you know in fairness it's hard i think to kind of come up with a satisfying arc for a reliable ally just because it's pretty understandable if uh it's understandable for bad guys to change strategies as you keep hunting them or it makes sense for an unreliable ally to have their own agenda or become a tragic figure from working with you. But a reliable ally to me just sort of, it sometimes suggests a flat curve that like you end up in the same place you were before. uh, Reliable allies are a flat circle. (laughs) I guess, yeah. I'm not saying it's an invalid criticism, but I also think uh, it's much more challenging to write them for this kind of NPC. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I guess, yeah, in, in my mind, I, I can't see a relationship with any NPC going anywhere but south. Because that's how Delta Green is all designed, and maybe that's part of the problem. I wouldn't call it a problem. I think it's just the genre. That's fair. And I don't, I don't think any of these NPCs had redemptive arcs. Like, what happens when their sanity goes up after a mission? It's because your sanity never goes up, though. I've had a couple of characters who've come out of scenarios of more than they went in. It's rare, but it happens. I do think something that the contest didn't really cover and that I would be really interested to see at some point would be an NPC or a group that starts off as an enemy of yours. And over time you guys end up becoming allies. Yeah, whether it's be pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's the superhero thing of you guys have the same values and circumstances just force you to fight, or whether, I don't know, a bigger problem prevents, presents itself, something like that. I think Enemy of My Enemy is My Friend can be a fun trope that isn't played with enough. For sure. That was one of the other uh, contest prompts, wasn't it, from the last scenario contest? I've forgotten everything about it. Uh, do we have any other... Uh, any other ones we wanted to talk about? Okay. I encourage folks to check it out. Yeah. Uh, any last comments about the contest in general or anything else? We're going to get a good stinger on the way out. You guys got any ideas? All these nuts. Yeah.